We're going to go to Romans chapter 6 in your Bible, if you will. The book of Romans in chapter number 6. If you don't have a Bible, uh, there should be one there in a chair in front of you if you'd like to follow along with us. We, we um, well, the Bible's our final authority around here. And so we go to it and try to find the help that God wants to give us through His precious, precious Word. <clears throat> Romans chapter number 6. We'll start our reading there in verse number 1, and I'm going to read down uh, 10 verses. And so if you'll just stay with me and uh, follow along as I read, we'll get right on into the message. Romans chapter 6, verse 1. What shall we say then? Shall we continue in sin that grace may abound? God forbid. How shall we that are dead to sin live any longer therein? Know ye not that so many of us as were baptized into Jesus Christ were baptized into his death? Therefore we are buried with him by baptism into death, that like as Christ was raised up from the dead by the glory of the Father, even so we also should walk in newness of life. For if we have been planted together in the likeness of his death, we shall be also in the likeness of his resurrection, knowing this, that our old man is crucified with him, that the body of sin might be destroyed, that henceforth we should not serve sin. For he that is dead is freed from sin. Now if we be dead with Christ, we believe that we shall also live with him, knowing that Christ being raised from the dead dieth no more, death hath no more dominion over him. For in that he died, he died unto sin once, but in that he liveth, he liveth unto God. I titled the message for this morning, The More You Know, The More You Grow. And it really is the truth. Let's pray and we'll get started. Father, one last time, we just ask for your guidance through this message for that power that only you can give, clarity of thought and speech, and just to stay on track with what you have for us this morning. My Lord, speak to hearts as only you can. Speak to believers. And again, if there is someone in here that is not a born-again child of God, they've never truly trusted Christ as their Savior, speak to them very clearly. The most important decision we know that we'll ever make before we leave this planet is that we have trusted Christ as our Savior. Help us, Lord, through the preaching of your word, we pray and trust you for these things, for we ask it all in Jesus' name. Amen and amen. Thank you so much for standing, and please do be seated. <clears throat> we that are saved by the grace of God that have had our faith counted as righteousness, we are supposed to now let our, get this, let our righteousness work holiness. Well, on down in this chapter, in verse number 19, the Bible says, I speak after the manner of men because of the infirmity of your flesh, for as ye have yielded your members' servants to uncleanness and to iniquity unto iniquity, even so now yield your members' servants to righteousness unto holiness." So once we're saved by the grace of God, we are to become servants to righteousness. And knowing your position in Christ, your position in Christ, will help you to live the life that God has for you. 
And you may have noticed as we read down through there, the word no was used three times in the passage, in this passage, uh, verse number three and verse number six and verse number nine. Here's the thing. We are not to count the grace of God as a license to sin once we're saved by his grace. Some seem to think that the grace of God gives them the freedom to sin all that they please. They've been saved by the grace of God, and so they should be able just to do whatever they want to do. And, and it's got to come to our mind. I mean, should a believer just go ahead and, and sin as much as they want and expect God to give them a, a free pass to do so? I mean, we know that grace, um, we know that grace means God's undeserved and unmerited favor. We're saved by grace, that God freely justified us by grace through faith. And uh, there's really a couple of things that bother some people about that when we talk about being saved by grace and grace alone and not by works. Often the thought is that grace gives a believer the freedom to sin, puts no restraints upon them. There seems to be this feeling that if we are saved uh, just by grace alone and not, and not good works, um, that sin doesn't matter that much. Uh, you, you might, there, there might be this thought, thought process. Well, you know, there's really no need to worry now that I've been saved about what the Bible says about living right because, I mean, we've been forgiven by grace. So now we can just go ahead and live as we please because God's going to forgive us anyway. I mean, you know, Christ died for our sins, so all we have to do is ask him for forgiveness. Now, we know that to be true, that we can ask him for forgiveness and that he will forgive us. Very, very thankful for that. But it's almost in, in some, and really as uh, you study the book of Romans and what Paul's addressing here, it's almost like grace encourages sin. The apostle Paul had been talking about how grace is stronger than sin in chapter 5, particularly in verses 20 and 21 there in chapter 5. And we know that grace, uh, God's grace is powerful enough to forgive any sin, no matter how bad. Somebody say amen right there. He can forgive any sin, no matter how bad it might be. And truly, the worse the sin is, uh, the worse the sin is that someone is saved out of, the greater God's grace becomes. And really, in cases such as mine, being saved out of a life of drug and alcohol to addiction, it becomes amazing grace. I'm very thankful for the amazing grace of God. And because of that, uh, there were those that argued with the Apostle Paul that if forgiveness is by grace, get this, come on. If forgiveness is by grace, then sin must just be a good thing. No, this was somewhat of their, their argument. Well, I mean, you know, shouldn't we go ahead and continue in sin so that God will have more opportunity to show His great grace and be more glorified? But the Apostle Paul was answering them about that. No, where we're reading there. He wrote, shall we continue in sin that grace may abound? So they've had this argument. And in verse number two of our text, we see the Apostle Paul answer in a seemingly uh, righteous indignation, God forbid, God forbid that we should continue in sin just because grace abounds. It's almost if, he's, if, if the Apostle Paul's saying, what? <laughs> what? What kind of crazy thinking is that? Why in the world would you ever think that as a believer? I mean, that's kind of the mindset that we can see here of Paul. The word continue, it says, what shall we say then? Shall we continue in sin that grace may abound? And the word continue comes from a Greek word, which means this, to stay at or to tarry still or to still abide or to remain. 
So shall we remain in sin? Shall we tarry in sin? Shall we still abide in sin that grace may abound? You know, as believers, we are to no longer practice sin or we're not to yield to sin. It's not supposed to be that way. We know that we cannot live sinless. We know that. I mean, not completely, but we should no longer be living, get this, we should no longer be living in sin. We've been given this new nature when we were saved by the grace of God, one that's able to give us victory over sin. And so when we turn to God for salvation, we're turning away from sin. We're turning our back on sin. We're not saved by God's grace so that we can sin more. We're saved by God's grace so that we can be free from sin. I got saved by God's grace. I didn't have to do drugs anymore. I didn't have to drink anymore. I didn't have to cuss anymore. I didn't have to smoke anymore. I didn't have to go places that I shouldn't be anymore. I had been set free from that. Amen. God gave me the victory over that. Uh, So we're going to look at these three no's. I want to move on to these three no's that we have in this portion of Scripture. Look at verse number three there. It says, Know ye not that so many of us as were baptized into Jesus Christ were baptized into his death? Therefore, we are buried with him by baptism into death, that like as Christ was raised up from the dead by the glory of the Father, even so we also should walk in newness of life. Verse 5, For if we have been planted together in the likeness of his death, we shall also be in the likeness of his resurrection. So think about the, the picture of baptism. It talks about that in verse number four. Really, most true believers understand that baptism is just a type. It's just a picture of the death and the burial and the resurrection of Jesus Christ. So when a person is baptized in the baptistry, it doesn't wash away any sin. Water's never washed away any sin. Only the precious blood of Christ can do that. It doesn't wash away any sin, uh, but, but they are identifying with Christ. So going under the water, they're proclaiming that they're dying to self, being buried with Christ. Coming up out of the water, they're saying they have been raised with Christ in the likeness of his resurrection to walk in newness of life. It's a type. It's just a symbol. And according to verse number three, we have been baptized into his death. Not that type of baptism, but when we trusted Christ as our savior, we were baptized into his death. So at salvation, We are counted as being in Christ, in Christ. And now in Christ, we are counted to have died to sin. So we're now freed from sin and we have died to the penalty of sin in Christ. So now we're freed from the penalty of sin. Hallelujah. And we died to the judgment of sin in Christ. And now we're freed from the judgment of sin. Very, very thankful for that. And that being the case, the habits, please listen, the habits and desire of sin should no longer have control over us. It shouldn't control us anymore. It shouldn't. So sin should be, sin should be ceasing from having a place in our lives. We are being made, after we're saved by God's grace, We are being uh, made free from sin's bondage, from sin's control, from sin's habits. It means means that we get this now. It means that we no longer live in the position and place of sin. We are in Christ. And we no longer have to live those ways. And there's no such thing, we know this, there's no such thing as sinless perfection as long as we have these bodies of flesh. We will not be completely sinless. But, but we are made free from living in sin. 
I don't have to, I no longer have to live the way I used to live. No, 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 no. I, I have been made free from that. We no longer have to participate, participate in sinful habits. We are to desire, listen to me, please. We are to desire, to desire, and to practice righteousness. Okay. Well, why do we do that, preacher? We're seeking to please our Heavenly Father in all that we say and all that we do. We're seeking to please Him. Verse number 5, planted together in the likeness of His death. So we're freed from the condemnation of sin, that awful punishment of hell for eternity. I'm very, very thankful for that. I never have to worry about going to hell since April 1984 when I trusted Christ as my Savior. I've not, I've not had to worry whatsoever about ending up in hell. Amen. I have no worries whatsoever. I love Romans chapter 8 and verse number 1 where the Bible says, There is therefore now no condemnation of them which are in Christ Jesus who walk not after the flesh but after the Spirit. Very thankful for that. But we are also uh, uh, identified with his resurrection. There in verse 5 also it says, we shall be also in the likeness of his resurrection. One of my favorite verses in the Bible is Galatians 2.20, I am crucified with Christ. Nevertheless, I live. Yet not I, but Christ liveth in me. And the life which I now live in the flesh, I live by the faith of the Son of God who loved me and gave himself for me. And we could go over to Galatians chapter 3 and verse number 7, where the Bible says, For as many of you as have been baptized into Christ have put on Christ. And so we are to live. No, no, no. We have been raised in Christ. Christ went to the cross, died for our sin. He he laid in the tomb for three days uh, 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 and, and was raised victorious over death, victorious over hell, victorious over sin. Now we are in Christ. Uh, Back to verse number four, the Bible says that like as Christ was raised up from the dead by the glory of the Father. Now listen to me, stay with me here. As Christ was raised up from the dead by the glory of the Father, it really points to our position in Christ and how we attained our position in Christ. It was by the glory and power of God. It wasn't by anything that I did. I just put my faith and trust in the Lord Jesus Christ and what he did on the cross and God saved me. Okay. It, it wasn't because I joined a church. It wasn't because I was baptized in water. It wasn't because I did good works because I didn't do many of those back then for sure. It wasn't because I said a certain prayer. It was because I put my faith and trust in the Lord Jesus Christ and what he did for us on that cross all those years ago, the glory and power of God. And and the word glory there, it means all of the excellence of God, all of his might and power and love and grace and compassion and mercy. It's referring here to God's glorious power. And it was that power that raised Jesus from the dead. And it is that same power that placed us in Christ when we trusted Jesus Christ as our personal savior. So God has a purpose Uh, for raising us up with Christ. Back to verse number four there. The Bible says, even so we also should walk in newness of life. So we've been saved by the grace of God. We've been placed in Christ. I mean, that that is our spiritual position placed in Christ. Why? So we should walk in newness of life. 
Uh, the Greek word for walk in that verse is, well, it's a word I can't pronounce, so I'll just skip right past that, okay? But it means to walk about, or, or get this, it means to walk step by step, uh, to control, and, and to order our behavior. To walk in newness of life constantly and habitually. So we learn and practice to walk with Christ. To walk in this newness of life. Saved by the grace of God in April 1984. Lived a complete life of just a horrible life up to that time. And all of a sudden, I have this new life staring me in the face. And God's opening up things as I read my Bible and pray unto Him. And man, it's like, wow, I've never seen that path before. And I've never seen it like that before. And why? how come nobody ever told me that life could be like this? Oh, no, no, I'm, I'm talking about myself and how my eyes were open at the time of salvation and how I began to see things that, 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 that only God could have been revealing to me at that time. And I realized by reading his word that I am to walk in this newness of life. It's a life like I've never seen before. Wow, you mean I can have a good time and still remember it the next day? Come on, I hate that my life was ever like that, but my life was like that. And then I realized that there is life beyond everything this world has to offer. So much more. Newness of life. A better life. I mean, a life unlike anything that I had ever experienced in all of my days. So we're to walk. We're, we're, to, we're, to, we're to, to control and order our behavior, living for the life that God would have us to live. Our life is to be different once we're saved. It's to be different. I have found out this too. I found out this a long time ago. Um, God doesn't make us do anything. Now he gives us this new nature. And we begin to see things, this newness of life, like we've never seen it before. But still, still, we have to decide to go that way. We have to practice that. We have to choose those paths that God lightens for us. We have to decide that we're going to go the way that God would have us to go, to walk in this newness of life. And, and we are to be different once we're saved. We're to walk in Christ. Come on, I think the Bible says soberly, righteously, and godly in this present world. That's how we're to walk in Christ. We're to, we're to, we're to put off the old man, and we're to put on the new man. We're to put on that new man that lives a clean life. We're not going to drink anymore. We're not going to smoke anymore. We're not going to have horrible language coming out of our mouth anymore. Come on. I mean, there's going to be a new life, a different life, a holy life. I mean, I mean, we'll live a, a, a different life. Colossians chapter 2 and verse number 6 says, As ye have therefore received Christ Jesus the Lord, so walk ye in Him. Yeah. We're to walk in Him. And I'm pretty sure that... Uh, I'm pretty sure that... Uh, he didn't agree with my old life. Pretty sure about that. So we've been raised to a new life in Christ. We know that. Bible teaches that. Colossians chapter 3, verse number 1. If you then be risen with Christ, seek those things which are above where Christ sitteth at the right hand of God. So we're to seek the things uh, which are above. 
So we, we quit looking at this world the way that we once did. We, we uh, uh, do our best to guard ourselves against its attractions because they're out there, aren't they? Come on, it's shiny, it's bright, it looks good. Do this, do that. This is going to fulfill your life. Well, I tell you, I tried everything the world had to offer and it didn't fulfill my life. It nearly destroyed my life is what the case was. And so we're, we're, to, we're to seek those things which are above, those things that God has for us. So we're to know, we're to know, the first know, to, that we have been placed in Christ. And then secondly, we are to know that positionally the old man has been crucified with Christ. Look at verse number six there. It says, knowing this, that our old man is crucified with him, that the body of sin might be destroyed, that henceforth we should not serve sin. For he that is dead is freed from sin. So knowing this, that our old man is crucified with him. It was a uh, once and for all act that Christ himself accomplished. And when it talks about the old man, it means our old self, our old life, our sinful life, our, our sinful self. It's talking about our life without God. I had a lot of years without God. It was crucified that the body of sin might be destroyed. Not sins. It doesn't say sins, plural, but sin, singular. Well, how come? Because we have a sinful body. Come on, I don't have to convince you of that a whole lot, do I? We have a sinful body. We were born with a sin problem. Okay, Mark chapter 7, verse number 21 says this, For from within... Out of the heart of man proceed evil thoughts, adulteries, fornications, murders, thefts, covetousness, wickedness, deceit, lasciviousness, an evil eye, blasphemy, pride, foolishness. All these evil things come from within and defile the man. So we have a sin problem, don't we? Come on, this, this, this body that carries us around, this flesh that we live in, has a sin problem. But at the time of salvation, we have a new start. And we are to do our best to stay free from sin by walking in constant confession and fellowship with God. So we stay in fellowship with God day in and day out. Luke chapter 9 verse 23 says, And he said to them all, If any man will come after me, let him deny himself that sinful flesh, let him deny himself and take up his cross daily and follow me. So, so our, our, our duty, if you will, after, after God saves our soul because of what Jesus did for us is to um, die to self and follow him. We're no longer to serve sin. I'll say it again, we're no no longer to serve sin once we're truly saved by God's grace. We're to reject it with the help of the Lord. We can't do it by ourselves, we do it with His help. Through Christ, we no longer have to be conquered by sin, hallelujah. We now have the ability, get this, we now have the ability to say no when the need arises because of what He has done in our lives. I have the ability to say no. Uh, really, there's a great illustration here of our position in Christ. We are, we are to no longer serve sin because we are crucified with Christ. In Christ, in Christ, we are dead to sin. And, and a dead man is free from sin. When we trust Jesus Christ as our personal Savior, we are now acceptable to God forever. And that gives us, that gives us a constant access to God as we walk through each day. And that means as we, as we do fail God, we can ask forgiveness. And when we ask forgiveness, He forgives. 
very thankful for that. No, no, no. Stay with me here. This is, this is the way that we're freed from sin. By consistently walking in open confession before God. Believing that He is there for us because He is. And ready to help us overcome those things that used to so easily overtake us. He's there for us. I said He's there for us. We have to acknowledge He's there for us. We walk by Him. We stay in contact with Him. He helps us to overcome these things. Yeah. He does not do that because of us. No, 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 no. He does that because of His only begotten Son who paid the price for us. Sure. No, 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 no. I I mean, as we walk in faith, as we walk in faith, God's grace that saved us delivers us. The same grace that saved me delivers me from sin. So we are to know that our old man is crucified with Christ. And then number three, we're moving along great. Stay with me. We're to know that we now live in Christ. Look at verse eight. It says, now, if we be dead with Christ, we believe that we shall also live with him. Knowing that Christ being raised from the dead dieth no more, death hath no more dominion over him. For in that he died, he died unto sin once, but in that he liveth, he liveth unto God. So that is now, hallelujah, and forever. Forever. We shall also live with him, is what the word says. So when we trusted Christ as our Savior, he gave us eternal life. Eternal life. John, uh, Jesus said over in John chapter 10, verse number 28, And I give unto them eternal life, and they shall never perish, neither shall any man pluck them out of my hand. He gave us eternal life. Hallelujah. I don't have to worry about perishing. Oh, no, no. I'm already living eternal life. Okay, let me ask you a question. If something is eternal, how long does it last? Well, it lasts forever. Absolutely. It's not, it's not a trick question. It lasts forever. He gave me eternal life. It lasts forever. I mean, at salvation, when we trust Christ, God gives us forever life. And we know this for a fact, that Christ conquered death once and for all. So you think about this, Christ has already died, he died, he gave up the ghost on the cross that day. Now we are to know that Christ being raised from the dead dieth no more. If we've been saved, we are in Christ. We have eternal life, everlasting life, forever life. No one can take that away from us. Come on, that's a completely, that's a whole nother message, but no one's going to take that away from us for sure. Yeah. Man, oh man, oh man, oh man. And then it goes on to say that death hath no more dominion over him. So he's been freed from death. Now, if you are in Christ, so have you. You've been freed from death. Well, preacher, everybody dies. I'm not talking about that death. I'm talking about the second death that the Bible talks about over in the book of the Revelation. Um, The lake which burneth with fire and brimstone, which is the second death. And I know modern theologians and all have tried to, uh, they have tried to do away with hell, but it's still a real place. 
it's still a very real place. And people that don't know Christ will spend eternity there. Come on, come on. We either have everlasting life, which I have right now since April 1984. I have everlasting life, eternal life. Or if we don't know Christ, we have uh, eternal death in a very real place called hell. Yeah. Jesus Christ now forever liveth unto God. what it says there in the scripture where we read. He died unto sin once, and now he lives in the presence of God forever. So being saved, being saved, we are in Christ, and we are to live our lives unto God throughout eternity. Listen to me, listen to me. We are to live our, un, uh, come on brain, we are to live unto God throughout eternity beginning right now. Well, when I die, I'll have, when I die, I'll have eternal life. No, no, you have eternal life now. When you got saved, you got the eternal life now. No, 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 no. These old bodies, they're going to perish one of these days. Yeah. But I'm telling you, we got a soul in us that's going to live forever somewhere. And if we've been saved by the grace of God, God gave us eternal life when we trusted Christ as our Savior. And we are, no, 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 we are living that now, beginning right now. We are to, no, no. So we are given eternal life uh, when we get saved. We'll not get eternal life when we die. We already have that. And since God is omnipresent, what's that mean? Well, it means that he's, he's always everywhere at all times. We are to live and to walk in his presence daily. So that means... If you're born again, child of God, that when you leave the church house, that you're not leaving God here. That means he is there with you. Wherever you might go, he is there with you. And he will help us if we, by faith, depend upon him to do that. Well, preacher, I just wish he'd make me do right. Boy, you don't know how many times I've said that. I just wish he'd make me do right, but that's not our God. He did not make me get saved, and he does not make us do right. He prompts us to do right. He gives us instruction on how to do right. He gave us the Holy Spirit of God when we got saved that helps us to know to do right. All of those things, but he's not going to twist your arm and make you do right. Oh, man, I wish I had more time to there's been times in my life, my saved life, that I have prayed some of the stupidest prayers. I don't know why I'm always confessing my sin to you. I don't, I don't know why I do that. But really, there's been times I've prayed some of the stupidest, stupidest prayers. Lord, if you don't want me to do this, just shine a big green light on me. And just go ahead and do whatever I was fixing to do. You know, how dumb, how dumb. That's not the way God works. Well, I'm looking for a sign. The Bible says a wicked and adulterous generation seeketh after a sign. We don't need a sign, folks. We got this. We got this. This tells us everything that we need to know to live the life that God has for us. I've got a sign in my office when I'm counseling that says, if you're looking for a sign, this is it. Thought it might help some people along the way. Anyway. (sighs) 
if we're saved, we're born again, we are in Christ. And Christ is eternally in the presence of God, the Father. So we are to live like we are. That's how we're supposed to live. Now, I know we didn't read verse 11, but it says this. Come on, write it right at the end here. Verse 11 says this, Likewise, reckon ye also yourselves to be dead, indeed, unto sin, but alive unto God through Jesus Christ our Lord. So the more that you know about what God has for us, the more you should grow. But it depends on how much you practice what you know. We have to practice it. We have to determine we're going to live the way that he says. So if you've been saved, you know that you're in Christ and you know that you've been crucified with him and you know that you now live in him. You know that because we just looked at it right there in the Bible. Okay, preacher, fine, whatever. So, I mean, those are some really good points you made there, but now what? I'm glad you asked. 2 Corinthians chapter 5 and verse number 14 says this. For the love of Christ constraineth us, because we thus judge that if one died for all, then we're all dead, and that he died for all. Talking about Jesus. That they which live, talking about those that have been saved by the grace of God, should not henceforth live unto themselves, but unto him which died for them and rose again. What a wonderful verse. So now, you're saved. Now, from henceforth, what does that mean? From right now. When are we supposed to start living this Christian life? Right now. Come on, from the time we get saved, really, I mean, right now, from henceforth, from henceforth, we're not supposed to live for ourselves. We're supposed to live for the one who died for us and rose again. Because it's not all about us, is it? It's all about him. It's all about him. Well, you just think we're supposed to live the way that you say? Oh, no, 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 no. Don't lay that on my shoulders whatsoever. We're supposed to live the way that God says. The way the book says. Well, that old book, that's an old, old book. Sure is, but it's timeless. It's timeless. That decision to live henceforth for him. You, as an individual, must make the choice by faith to do so. You know, we do it by faith. Lord, I want to live my life for you. I'm trusting you to guide me. I'm going to look to you. From the time I get up to the time I go to bed, I'm going to look to you. I'm going to talk to you. I'm going to walk with you. I'm going to trust you. I'm going to study your word. I'm going to hide it in my heart. I'm going to do those things that I know that I should be doing. I'm going to quit doing those things I know I should not be doing, but I'm going to have to have your, have your help to do that, Lord. And so we talk to him. And by faith, we trust him that he is God Almighty and that he can help us to overcome those things if we are walking by faith. Doing what he said. There's not a magic formula. 
There's just not a magic formula. I don't know how many people I have told sitting in my office trying to to encourage them and counsel them in in the way that uh, God would have them to go and and how they can get their lives headed in that direction. I don't know how many times I've said, boy, I wish I had a magic wand. I could just wave at you and everything would be fine. But it's not like that. God gave us the way. So we need to be saved by His grace, put our faith and trust in the Lord Jesus Christ, and then we have to make the decision that uh, we're going to walk with Him. Because the more that you know, the more that you grow, or should grow, as you practice what He has. Why not make that decision today if you haven't made it? Well, I made it a long time ago, but I tell you, I've gotten away. Well, our God's a great God of a second chance. And all He wants you to do is just make this decision again. Lord, I, that's what I need. I need to decide that I am going to die to self and I'm going to walk and live my life for you. And if you've never been freed from the penalty of sin, you've never trusted Jesus Christ as your personal Savior, you, you don't know for sure. You can't say, you can't say yes, I, I know. I remember when I put my faith and trust in Christ. If you've never been freed from that penalty of sin, why not come today? And by grace, through faith, just put your trust in the Lord Jesus Christ as your personal Savior. He already did all the work. The work's done. He did that 2,000 years ago on the cross of Calvary. That's all done. Why not come and put your faith in Jesus Christ as your personal Savior? I can tell you this for a fact. He's waiting for you. And He's never turned one person away. Not one. Would you bow your heads with me? Our heads are bowed. Our eyes are closed. Thank you for being so attentive this morning. I appreciate your attentiveness. Our heads are bowed. Our eyes are closed in respect of the Lord and respect of people that are around us for, for a moment. It very well could be there's someone in here that would say, Preacher, I'm not sure that if I died I would go to heaven. I'm not sure that I've ever put my trust in Jesus Christ as my personal Savior. I'm not sure about that. I don't have that settled. Would you please pray for me? I'd really like to pray for you if you're here like that. If you're here like that this morning. Our heads are bowed, our eyes are closed. Would you just slip your hand up wherever you're at? Just let me pray for you. Right there, God bless you. Others, yeah, Preacher, that's me. Please pray for me. I'm not going to come to you. I'm not going to point you out. I just want to pray for you. Preacher, I'm not sure that I know Christ as my personal Savior. I'm not sure I'm saved. Would you please pray for me? Anyone else before we move on? Anyone? Let me pray for you, would you? God bless you. Could be you're sitting here this morning. You know you're saved as anybody, but uh, you're struggling. You've had some real struggles. And maybe you have made a commitment before. Maybe you've made several commitments before. But you're just really struggling now. And you'd say, Preacher, would you please just pray for me that I'll get back on track, that I'll do what God wants me to do. Man, I'd love to pray for you like that. Would you slip up your hand wherever you're at and just let me, let me pray for you like that, Preacher? I, I just want to do the thing. I want to live my life the way that God would have me to live my life. God bless you there and there and there there, there, there. God bless your honesty. appreciate your honesty. God bless your honesty about that. Thank you so much for that. You may put your hands down. Dear Heavenly Father, we pray you bless this time now. I pray for those that do not know Jesus Christ as their personal Savior. Only you can convict them. Only you can convince them. And Lord, 
I know that you've never turned anyone away. Your word says, for whosoever shall call upon the name of the Lord shall be saved. And I pray for them, Lord, that they might even come this morning, give us an opportunity to take a Bible and show them how they can get that settled. And then for the other hands across the auditorium, I don't know where people are in their walk with you and their life for you. I just pray your perfect will would be done in every life because I know that that's the best life they'll ever, ever, ever live. And so, Lord, work in hearts. Help people to come this morning. Have a little talk with you around these altars. Help them to make an altar where they sit. Lord, just, just, just help them to reach out to you, the God of a second chance. Lord, thank you for your goodness. Thank you for your word. Please bless this time now, we pray. In the name of the Lord Jesus Christ. Let's stand to our feet, our heads bowed, our eyes closed. Piano's going to play. There's time. Folks have come to the altar. And there's still plenty of, plenty of time, plenty of room. You need to come this morning. Why don't you? Why don't you? You don't know Christ as your Savior. Why don't you come this morning? Let us take a Bible, show you how you can get that settled. You know Christ as your Savior, but you're really struggling in life right now. Why don't you come and just bow a knee and talk to Him for a few minutes? You'll not regret it.